Welcome to Better Health Podcast. I'm so excited for today because I'm sitting virtually with Emily Hayden, who is the founder of Evolve X. She's a podcast host and she's an IFBB bikini pro. But not only that, she's just so authentic, everyone. She's so authentic, she's so loving, and she's humble and confident. And yes, those two can be put together. <laughs> so Emily, thank you so much for being on the show. It's an honor to be with you. Oh, thank you so much, April. I appreciate it. And, you know, I had the joy of having both you and Caleb on my podcast last week or so. So it's really incredible that I get to come and be a part of your community because you're such a light. Like I I told you on my show, you were one of the brightest lights ever. And so I can only imagine what your community is like and how much life and light they're getting in their life just from consuming some of your content. Because guys, if you think that it's strong online, you should meet her in person one day because it, I mean, seriously, she could light up the darkest room. I love you, Emily. Thank you so much. That was not intended. I did not tell her to say that. (laughs) People that know me know that I can't be bribed to say anything anyways. (laughs) Exactly. Like I said, she's authentic. (laughs) Anyway, um, to start us off, Emily, could you just tell us a little bit about your background and like where you're from and your story? Yeah, no problem. So I grew up in Houston, Texas. I come from a large family. I have six siblings and then my parents. So um, definitely a big family dynamic. And I've always loved that. I've always loved having siblings and I love the rivalry. I love the friendship. I love everything. Um, let's see. I went to Texas A&M University. A whoop. I was class of 2012. <laughs> And I loved Texas A&M because I loved the traditions and the values and just the camaraderie that was there at that school. I feel like it was very different from a lot of the other schools that I visited. And part of me wishes that I had really like soaked up that time more because I was working multiple jobs. I put myself through school. Um, I went through a really difficult transition. I graduated high school at the age of 16 and that's when my parents divorced. And when they divorced, the whole family kind of got separated and I was with my mom and all of the other siblings were with my dad. And so I experienced a lot of isolation and loneliness and a lot of depression. Honestly, I kind of was like a walking zombie is the best way to describe me because I had to turn off all my emotions in order to survive. Like in order to literally just keep going, I had to turn everything off. I worked three jobs. I put myself through school. I was doing like 16 hours of coursework with three jobs and, you know, seeking the whole time to just get that degree. That was like my ultimate vision and focus. And You know, I remember um, I used to drive this car that I loved. It got me from point A to point B, but like it would quite literally catch on fire on the freeway. Um, One time it caught on fire so bad. The smoke covered the car so bad. I couldn't see anything. And I just like, I was just like, oh my gosh. And so I pull over and thank God I pulled over all the way to the emergency lane without getting hit. Um, And then I just had a friend come pick me up so I could get my shift in at work. And so to this day, if I smell a weird smell on the highway, I freak out and I look at the temperature gauge on my car, thinking that my car is on fire, even though I have a wonderful working new car. Oh man, I can't imagine (laughs) Um, that trauma's there. (laughs) Yeah, right. So it's, you know, it's definitely anytime I smell something, I'm like, is my car blowing blowing up right now? Stop everyone. Um, And yeah, so you know, it built a lot of work ethic and a lot of character in me. And one of those first really incredible moments for me was when I walked across the stage and, you know, got my graduation, got my certificate, my uh, degree and certificates, um, and just kind of accomplishing these first like educational goals I had set for myself. But for me, it was so much more than just an educational goal. It was just, I had just proved to myself that I could overcome some of my darkest, loneliest nights and days. And 
And it was a really growth period for me. It really was. It really showed me like what I was made of. And that time I feel like really made me into who I am. And from there, I opened up my own women's fitness boot camp and I hosted different groups of women. We would do uh, workouts a couple times a week. And I saw how incredible it was to just introduce, you know, fitness and movement into these women's lives. And they were like crying in my garage about like how this has changed your life. And how they were more confident in their relationships at school, at their work. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, I cannot believe that this is just like transforming their lives, you know? And that was in 2013 when I opened up my Instagram account and I started getting some online clients because I started uh, competing at that time as well. And I was competing in bikini NPC division and I fell in love with it. I started uh, my YouTube channel from there to document the different uh, competition preps that I was doing. So I documented the series to my pro card, which was called Undeniable. And in that series, I showed people what it required to attain this vision that you have for yourself. Like you set these really big goals, have this really big vision, but what does it look like to actually get there? And so I documented that. I vlogged the hard moments, the good moments. I mean, I have vlogs of me crying online, like really showing like the good, the bad, the ugly and everything in between. And it was cool because the series finale of that series was me getting my pro card (laughs) and it didn't come easy. I did 14 shows, seven of those national shows came runner up multiple times. So it's not like I just like went for it and got it. I had to fight, you know, and I had to really, really like give it everything that I had. And the whole mindset is that for whatever it is that you're going after in life, you have to choose to be undeniable today. Like you don't have tomorrow. You don't have two weeks. You don't have four weeks. You only have today to be undeniable. And if you will do that, you will get to where it is that you're going. You may not get it on the first try, but if you don't quit, you will eventually get it. And so it was a real tangible way to kind of show people that if they put in the work and they do it daily and they focus on this like one day at a time mentality in this every day is day one mentality, right? Like you can't, you can't ride yesterday's success. You have to say, what is going to make me successful for today? And it was really cool. I was able to build this really incredible community of people online. And from that, you know, that's just evolved into my Evolve with Emily podcast. I have my Evolve X coaching program, which is coaching and mentorship, really heavy focus on the mindset mentorship part. And it's incredible. Now I get to teach people how to really take control over their own lives and, you know, get rid of the unconscious habits and patterns and things that aren't really serving them and aren't really leading them to where they want to go in life and to set new goals and to create daily action that aligns with those goals that they have for themselves. And, you know, I also have a retreat I've done. Um, I'm having the second one in May in Houston. So I have different, um, different modalities of how I help people to evolve in their life, to go after these big goals and dreams that they have for themselves. And I just, I love what I do and I feel very thankful and blessed that I get to be in this position to kind of just help any way that I can, you know, and it's like, no matter where you go in life, no matter how much you learn and grow, I almost feel like the more that you learn, the more you realize that like, there's a lot you don't know. (laughs) There's always so much more. So I I feel like I'm just this constant, um, I'm like a learner of life, a student. That's Well, great, great English, Emily. (laughs) I'm a student of life and I'm always seeking to learn. I, I completely see that in you, Emily. And like I said, for anyone listening, she's a powerhouse as she just gave her story. And why I'm so excited about this interview is because of the fact that Emily has this incredible mindset. And so she kind of tapped into it a little bit about her story and how she developed that mindset and evolved through that, which leads into my question 
is because you're always learning, you're always growing and changing to be better. What are some of your biggest things you have changed or added in your life that have helped you evolve the most and worked in your mindset? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say it would probably be a few like mindset patterns or things that I've uh, kind of switched from, you know, one of them, I think one of the very first things I learned to break through was this victim mentality versus victor mentality. And I always would definitely leaned towards the victor mentality just naturally. I'm a very driven person. I'm a very, like, I, I just have this like belief in myself that I can do anything I set my mind to. And I attribute a lot of that to the way that I was raised, honestly, like, thank you, dad. <laughs> but, um, you know, my dad will also tell you that even as a little girl, I displayed, um, these strong characteristics in this way, you know, and I believe every person has different strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, this happened to be more of a strength of mine. However, there were definitely, um, sections of my life where I was practicing that victim mentality without ever realizing it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we, as our family went through a lot growing up and, you know, I went through some physical abuse and as I started to like really face that head on, it kind of set me into like a dark place of just kind of focusing on just that. And a mindset shift that I made um, to that really helped me was actually from watching a video by Tony Robbins. And he said, if you're going to blame somebody for all the bad things in your life, you better damn well sure give them credit for all the good things that they did in your life as well. And that was just like mind blown, you know, and sometimes it just takes something as simple as a statement like that. Like, I think words are so powerful. Words can literally change the trajectory of our life by giving us this newfound revelation. And I feel like that's what that did for me. It, it allowed me to view the view things from a different perspective to say, okay, these were, yeah, the bad and hard things that honestly no one should have ever gone through, you know, that's not deserving and it shouldn't have ever happened, but let's look at all the good things too. And let's see how this made me a better person. And I was able to just look at it from a victor mentality and get out of that victim mindset. Um, I think money mindset was a huge thing for me too. I come from, you know, we struggled a lot growing up. We kind of lived in the hood, to be honest. Um, we did for a little while, you know, we got out when I was like age 10, you know, lived in a much nicer area and it was wonderful. But at the same time, finances were always a struggle for me and my family. And then when I was, I was on my own at the age of 16, having to provide for myself. And it was just, I mean, I was having, it was just having to struggle all the time. So I had a lot of limiting beliefs when it came to money in general. And a lot of them are unconscious. It's not like I walked around, you know, saying these things out loud, but it's like, I had this unconscious belief that money would always be hard for me. I had this unconscious belief that if I didn't do you know, everything in my power that I would lose everything tomorrow. Right. Like there were moments in time where I didn't really have a place to sleep. So I would sleep in that car that would catch on fire, <laughs> which, you know, was not very safe, but I had moments of sleeping in that. And so I think there was this like fear in me, even when I got to a good place in my life that there was this like un underlying fear that like I would lose everything tomorrow and have to go back to sleeping in my car. Right. And that kind of lack mentality and that kind of fear is not a place that you want to live your life from. And so really recognizing where in my life I was living and operating out of fear versus operating out of this abundance mentality. And, you know, my faith plays a really big role in that now because previously it all depended on me, right. It was what I did and what I provided for myself, but now I've had the opportunity to really get to know God as my provider. And so now 
I don't look at my jobs or my sponsors or my businesses as my source of income. Like, yes, I'm so thankful that they provide me income right now, but it's just the tool that God is using to get that income to me. I fully believe. And I know that I know that I know, even if every sponsor dropped me tomorrow, even if my business failed tomorrow, that God would provide for me because he's already shown that to me in my life. And that took a lot of like walking with him and, you know, praying for things and him things showing up that I had just prayed about. And I was like, wow, that was totally God. Right. Or like, for example, last year I got this job that provided so much for me. And I literally didn't even apply for the job. Like I, someone was in the right room at the right time was like, I think you should call Emily Hayden for this. And I got the call, like, what, what, (laughs) you know, I was just so blindsided by it, but it's like, I've had all these real tangible experiences where now I know where my provision comes from. So I, I don't, I don't hang on to anything with a lack mentality or with a fear mentality. I have confidence. I have trust. I have full assurance and I have an abundance mindset that what's mine is mine. And there's nothing in this world that can stop that from coming to me. Totally. I love that so much. And I know I can relate to where God shows up in experiences and he mm-hmm. provides in so many different ways. And I touched on that when you interviewed as well, where it's just like, oh my goodness, you know, I, I did not expect this would happen. And here mm-hmm. God is providing what I thought, you know, was, was going away from me. So mm-hmm. it, it's incredible. And so you mentioned limiting beliefs. What mm-hmm. did you do to work through those limiting, limiting beliefs? And maybe they still pop up, but not as much. Mm-hmm. How did you work through that to, you know, suppress that and get rid of those Yeah, that's a good question. So I think one of the first things I had to do was to simply choose to believe different. It's a choice in the beginning. And in the beginning, sometimes it feels fake or it feels like it's not true for you. But I really just was like, okay, what are my options here? My option is to continue believing this, which I know is limiting me, which I know is holding me back from the life that I was meant to live. Or I can simply make it as a decision that just like I were, if I were to try on like a new outfit, I could try on this new belief and I could really work at it and I could really do my best to believe in it and pray into this. Right. Like, and for me, I'm like, if this aligns with who I know God knows me as, or who I know God sees me as, then I have to have faith to believe in it. And I think that, you know, or I know that where you put your focus on, you create more of that. So I can either create more lack, create more limits in my life, or I can choose to put my focus on an abundance mentality on the things that I do want for myself. Like if I could just sit there and think about the most incredible life ever, what, what would I dream up? What would I write down? And let me just try it, right? I've tried this limiting thing for so long. I've been in this victim mentality for so long in my life. Why not try the opposite and see what happens? So that's kind of what my mentality was. So I would do things, um, you know, practically like uh, writing down some affirmations, right? So let's say that it was the limiting belief around finances, right? And this like lack mentality. Um, One of the books that I would say that really helped me with that is by Jen Sincero. It's called, you were, I don't know if you can cuss on your show or if it's clean, but you were a BA at making money. (laughs) So you guys can search it by Jen Sincero. Respectful M. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. So search that book because it really helped me with my money mindset and it helped me bring Break through a lot of those limiting beliefs and patterns. Um, and then it just came down to 
every time that a limiting belief would pop up, which usually would just be a thought in my head, or maybe even like at the grocery store when I would be, you know, cause I had moments in time where like I had to put things back, you know, I didn't have money to pay for all of the groceries and I calculated it wrong and I was $5 over or something. So then when I would come to the groceries, having anxiety, like, Oh God, can I pay for this? When I have plenty of money to pay for this, right. It's recognizing that and saying, I'm so thankful that I have the money to buy these groceries right now. Right. And always grounding myself in gratitude and grounding myself in abundance. So really, I think what would be helpful in a practical sense is for people to write down on a list okay, around this limiting belief, what is the limiting mindset? What is the lack mindset? And write down all those statements, write down all those thoughts that you know you have all the time. And then on the other side, what would be the abundance mindset in this area of my life and writing down the abundance, you know, um, thing that aligns with that. And so instead, every time a limiting belief comes up, saying out loud to yourself, those abundance statements. And again, it might feel fake in the beginning, but who cares when you do something enough, you'll practice at it. You'll get good enough at it. And eventually your little bit of faith, your little bit of belief in that starts to grow. And what you, what you put out there in the world, what you focus on is what you get back, right? People, they kind of perceive this all in different ways, whether they believe that it's, you know, manifesting or praying or this and that. I think that sometimes people have different interpretations to explain the same thing. Um, so whichever way makes sense to your brain, cool, label it that way. But like whatever you choose to think on, to speak on, to practice in your life, that really does come back at you. So why not choose the abundance mentality? Cause you know where the other road goes. Totally. I love that so much. And the book will be in the show notes for all of you that are wondering. And then also, I really think that, you know, taking some self-awareness and reflecting on your your actions, your thoughts, and capturing those thoughts in the moment Mm -hmm. and reflecting on how is this affecting me right now is so key too. So what would you say about self-awareness? I love (laughs) self-awareness. I knew you do, so I had to put it in there. (laughs) Look at you. You're like, I already knew where this is going. Well, because here's here's the thing. Once you're self-aware, now you have an opportunity to choose different and to choose better for yourself. So one of the things that I think has really helped me with my self-awareness really practically are things like podcasts and books, right? Because let's say that even as we're speaking right now, that someone's really aligning and realizing, oh no, I didn't realize I had the victim mentality. I didn't realize that I lived in a a lack mindset. Mm -hmm. And now that you have that self-awareness, you now have the ability to choose a new direction, to choose action that aligns with where it is that you want to go in life. So I think self-awareness is huge. I think another way that I've really focused on building it in my life and in my clients lives is by simple, um, intentions and reflections every single day. So every single day, what are your intentions? How do you intend to show up in the world? Also, what do you intend to do? And this could be really practically inside of your business. It could be in your relationships, you know, cause everybody has good intentions, but then at the end of the day, you want to look back and say, okay, let me reflect. Did I, did I do what I said I was going to do? Right. And I think that really allows you to say, huh, every day I'm intending to be a source of love. I'm intending to research things for my side hustle. And yet every day I'm not doing it. Why is that? And now you can look and see, oh, I was scrolling on Instagram, right? I was wasting a lot of time. I was being, I was in this like unconscious pattern where I didn't even want to be on Instagram and I'm just scrolling. Uh, Maybe instead of being a source of love, you actually reacted really quickly with anger anger when someone at your workplace upset you or your partner upset you. And you can say, okay, what's going on here? Let me take a good, honest look at where I'm at and take inventory. What's going on? What leads to this? 
you know, and then you can start to say, okay, I react really quickly with anger. So tomorrow what I'm going to do is I'm going to practice taking a big, deep breath, like three deep breaths, maybe, you know, before ever responding. And you do that and maybe it doesn't go perfect, but maybe you're a little bit better than the day before. And so I think self-awareness is crucial and it's huge and it's, it's an incredible opportunity to do better and choose better. However, some people, they feel uncomfortable when they are met with the truth. There are some people that the truth doesn't feel good. There's that saying like the truth hurts sometimes. And it does. Honestly, sometimes it doesn't feel good. You know, when I've been aware to certain attributes in myself that aren't necessarily pretty, it doesn't feel good, but you have to really understand that knowledge is power. So when you now know that this is a something of yours that you can work on, don't sit there in shame. Don't beat yourself up. Don't sit there in judgment. Instead, extend grace to yourself and say, okay, I'm actually not okay with how I respond in these situations. So now what can I do to change? And either you implement those actions yourself, or if you need help, reach out, get resourceful, ask other people, tell somebody that you're struggling in this way. If you're struggling in your marriage, like open up to somebody who has a marriage that you would like to have in your life and say, Hey, I'm I'm struggling to be kind to my significant other, like in these ways, like, can you give me some advice or some help? What, what, what has worked for you? You know? So I think having that mentality, because I think too often, and I don't know if it's because of the social media day and age that we're in and everybody's highlight reel, but I think people are scared to not be perfect, but like perfect doesn't exist, you know? And I think you just have to be okay with your own humanness and also find other people that are totally confident in their humanness, right? My confidence doesn't come from being perfect. My confidence comes from knowing I'm not perfect but knowing that I'm always doing my best and that I'll always do my best to correct things when I kind of miss the target, so to speak. Um, What about you? What has helped you with your self-awareness and how has that played a role in your just evolution as a person? Totally, totally. I think for me, these past few months, just being a newly married person, Mm -hmm. a a married wife, one thing that I realized is I've been caught up in my identity in Christ, not in Christ, Mm -hmm. but in Caleb and what is Caleb doing? Mm -hmm. And so I really had to take a moment to realize, wow, like, who am I? I'm getting caught up in what Caleb is doing or his achievements, but who am I? And realizing and reflecting on, okay, what are these thoughts that are going through my head? What is causing this? Mm -hmm. And pausing in there and then taking some time to pray and Mm -hmm. help and ask God to help me to realize what those limiting beliefs are or whatever is hindering me to realize that I'm a child of God, not somebody that's caught up in another person. And, and actually lately, and I know we touched on this beforehand as well, and you mentioned it just recently is I I'm stopping scrolling through Instagram right now and I'm taking a whole month to do it and maybe longer because I realized that as I scroll through the feed, I'm looking at different opinions, viewing different opinions, or listening to different opinions and people and what they look like, what they're doing, and realizing that, wow, my opinion is, you know, getting caught up in what other people are thinking or doing. And taking that moment to reflect to me, like, this is a huge factor in what's hindering me to, you know, flourish in who I am and what God made me to be. And so reflecting on that and realizing, okay, what actions should I take moving forward? knowing this and so really for me it's taking time to reflect and pausing um, whether that's at the end of the day and reflecting on the day and what i did throughout it you know how i felt what my thoughts were how i acted and then thinking through that and praying over it and then asking god to you know change my heart on whatever it may be 
And then the next day waking up and realizing, okay, this was yesterday. How, how is today going to be set up? And so a lot of that is the reflection aspect. Wow. That is beautiful. And I think, yeah, it's so important to ask those really good questions. And that's something that has really helped me is just learning which questions to ask. And I'll have to say there was a period in my life where, you know, I consider myself a very self-aware person in the sense that once I kind of do something, I'm able to reflect on it pretty quickly because I've practiced doing that a lot in my life. But there was a season where I knew that I had a blind spot and I couldn't see it. And I was like, dang it, I'm going to have to ask for help, you know? And so I went and worked with a therapist and, you know, I came to them. I was like, Hey, like, he was like, why are you here? And I'm like, everything's great. He's <laughs> like, okay, dot, dot, dot. And I was like, but I'm not self-aware to my current thoughts, patterns, things that are outside of my self-awareness, right? Like it's an unconscious thing. I just know that it's there. And then we were able to dive deeper and, you know, he was a, a Christian therapist too. So it's cool. Cause he brought God into every single conversation we had. And it's really wild doing therapy with God. Oh, I bet you're like, <laughs> you can't hide. Whoa. <laughs> I'm I want exposed to, right now. <laughs> totally. Totally. It was wild. I'm like, do you know me? <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to leave. <laughs> Wait, yeah, hold no. up. Nope. I'm not going to leave. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was really good. But also I want to yeah. say, I think what you're experiencing is something, you know, that a lot of people experience when they get into relationships, you know, or marriages even where obviously like you love your partner and it can be so easy to sometimes like dive into their life and kind of, you know, lose track a little bit of where you're at in your own journey. And so I think it's beautiful that you've recognized that and you're kind of just redirecting yourself to get back on that path and keep going. And I think that you're going to have a lot of encouragement to speak into others that experience the same thing. So I just want to encourage you as you do that, that you're doing a great job. I appreciate that. And one thing that I'm currently working on right now is, you know, who is in my life? Um, and like you were saying, where, you know, people that you trust that, you know, maybe you're looking to, you know, as a role model, who in my life could be that and, you know, asking them the questions so that they can, you know, bring those convictions forward mm -hmm. for me that maybe you know, are a blind spot for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the current project I'm working through as well. And um, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit, what does your morning routine look like? Because knowing like the different habits you have and mindset, and I know you talked about a few different things that you use, what does your morning routine look like? Or maybe it's a night routine or something during the day. So my morning routine kind of changes based on the season that I'm in. So I've really learned to recognize what season I'm in, create a morning routine for that, and then stick to that. Um, so right now I am in a season where I am seeking God more than I ever have in my life. And so that's the number one important thing to me. You know, I have a lot of things that I could do every morning, a lot of things I want to do outside of just, you know, reading and devotion and prayer. But honestly, it's so funny because like, the more that I go into this, the less that I like kind of need or want any of those other things. Mm. Um, like, you know, the yoga and the meditation and things like that, they're all great, but like, oh my gosh, I've just been getting so much life from my reading and my prayer and my word and worship in the morning that like, I could just sit there forever. And sometimes I'm like, God, I know that I have to go to real life in a second, <laughs> you know, but I would say, you know, I wake up, I, I snuggle my babies. That's actually the first thing I do every single morning. I have two French bulldogs. They are so cute. They're honestly the cutest every day. I just, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Um, no, really every day Literally. it's new. Like, it's like so never sweet. <laughs> um, and then I make some coffee and then I actually have 
this, um, I call it like my little prayer room or like music room, meditation room. It's kind of all one room. And, you know, I heard this in a message recently where it was like, they were talking about going into the secret place, like going into the garden with God. Right. And they were saying, there's something about like going in and like closing the door behind you. And this room has like the, the French doors to it. So I, now I go in and when I close the door, I like look at it for a second, you know, and I'm like closing out the world. And honestly, I know not everyone's going to agree with this, but I don't even allow my dogs in that room when I'm seeking God because they're so cute. Like it's yeah. so easy to get distracted. <laughs> yeah. So, and they don't care. They know they like watch me from the couch and they snuggle together and they're fine. So they have their time. Um, but I close the door and I go in there and I'll read, I'll journal, I'll pray I'll you know, every day it's kind of something different. Um, but that's the number one thing that I have to do every single morning. And then besides that, it's just, you know, getting ready for the day and typical morning stuff. Um, I, I currently don't work out in the morning. I kind of would like to, but I'm in the point or in a season right now where it's best for me to work out kind of midday, like mid afternoon ish before the rush, before the crowd. But after I've done all my creative work, because pretty much everything that I do is based on my energy my creativity. So it's better for me to do that from the hours of early morning to like, say 2 PM or so. And then after that, I can do any other like small tasks or, you know, working out is fine. I'm still motivated for that. Um, well, even when I'm not motivated, I still do it, but <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that so much. And you know, yes, maybe for a lot of people working out in the morning is a convenience or more efficient or works better because, you know, of work schedules. And I feel you though, like working out in the afternoon has done so much better for me. And I feel like my body is less stressed as well because I'm already waking up with energy. So by working out, it like almost overtaxed my body. And in the afternoon when I had that slump, it's just like a pick me up. So yeah, yeah. I totally. And I, I feel like, you know, for what we do podcasting and such, yeah. like if I go work out in the morning, I deplete a ton of energy yes. and I'm like, I, I want to work out in the morning, but yes. I need that energy. Yes. <laughs> oh man. I'm with you. I feel you. So one thing that we talked about when we were in person together was your core values. And I absolutely love this. A few months ago, Caleb and I, um, together as our marriage core values, we des- we designed it and figured out, okay, what's most important to us so that we can filter this, you know, for any decisions further moving further. So talk up to me a little bit about your core values and what that looks like. Yeah. So, uh, one of my, well, a few of my core values, love, freedom, and service. Um, and I have many core values, you know, leadership and loyalty and a lot of other things too, but I would say the number one is love. I really seek to operate from a place of love and I'm a human and I fail at that all the time and I'm seeking to be better at that all the time. So I'm always, every time I fail at it, every time I don't hit the mark in that, I'm kind of like reassessing and looking at how can I do that better, you know, and what's the area of growth that I currently have. And that's the thing is I don't judge myself. I don't shame myself for doing that because I recognize my own humanness, but I'm able to say, okay, you know, what is this current struggle? Because anytime that you fail, it just highlights where you have room for growth. So it just shows me, okay, I just have room for growth in this area. Uh, Love for me is, you know, it's an action. It's not just a feeling. If you really rely on love as a feeling, you're not going to be very loving all the time because there's a lot of things that can kind of upset your feelings. Um, But love for me is something that supersedes all of that. Um, It's, you know, and I, it's funny that you bring this up because I had just screenshotted the, the verse on love that I think everybody kind of knows first Corinthians, uh, 
it's first Corinthians 13, four, you know, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And I seek so wholeheartedly to live more of that out in my life, in my personal relationships, in my business online with, you know, here's the thing. It's easy to love people that are loving back to you, right? That's the easiest thing in the world. It requires no personal growth to be able to love that. But it's like, how do you respond when you're having straight evil come at you? How are you responding when you're having hate come at you? And I think that really shows where you're at in your love journey. And it's not easy. And again, I fail at it all the time, but I'm really seeking to just mold myself little by little, kind of like a potter with some clay, you know, just kind of get off that bitterness, get off that hurt, get off that, you know, all these, these feelings and emotions that take us away from a loving place. I talk about, you know, love as an operating system in my EvolveX um, community and program and how if you want love to be your operating system, you have to start to practice love in all the hard moments in life. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely a core value of mine. And, you know, it really does shape what decisions I make. So, you know, even if, for example, you know, you can feel really justified in your responses to certain things, right? Like when someone treats you wrong, you could totally be justified to take X, Y, and Z actions but when you ask the question, what is the loving thing to do in, in like the pure form of love, right? Not the worldly love, but like the love that God, the father gives us first, what would be the loving thing to do? It's often not the thing that you want to do. And it's often the harder option, you know, um, man. And often like I've been in really difficult moments yet you're recently where I was met with some, you know, just straight evil and hate and just some of the worst things. And I didn't feel strong enough to be able to handle it on my own. And I was able to call somebody else and say, Hey, like, I need you to tell me to put my phone down. And I need you to tell me what the loving thing to do is in this moment, because I'm not feeling loving. Like I'm feeling the opposite of loving and it's so hard and I don't want to do it. Like, I don't want to be loving. This doesn't, you know, it's not fair, all these things. Right. And, you know, I'm thankful in that moment to have community of other people that share core values that are similar to mine. So that when I am failing and when I am weak, they can be strong for me and they can kind of step in for me and help me and redirect me back to my core values. So love is definitely a strong force in my life. And I'm always seeking to be better at it every day. Freedom is another one. Freedom is one of my ultimate core values. And people may think that and think that it's just like a political statement, right? Freedom, oh my gosh, is so much deeper. There is depth and there is width to it that people probably don't even realize. For me, it's freedom of mind, of body, of heart, of soul, freedom of lifestyle, freedom of of everything in every single sense. And you have to ask yourself, if you're looking for freedom, if that's a core value, if you seek to live your life that way, what are the things in your life and your heart in your mind and your soul that make you not feel free, that keep you stuck in a prison, right? Things like anxiety and depression and fear. Those are all a prison. You are not free when you're experiencing those things. You know, think about addictions and bad habits and bad behaviors that you're stuck in that you feel you can't break. That's not freedom. Think about a love that is, you know, controlling and manipulative and just bringing you down. That's not freedom, you know? So you got to ask yourself in every area of your life, whether it's personal relationships, 
relationships or a business, or, you know, if in a business sense, they are trying to control your business moves and trying to tell you what to do and how you should show up and operate in the world versus allowing the God of your life to control and dictate how you show up. That's not freedom. So by identifying what is not freedom, you can redirect and make choices that bring you into more freedom. I recently made a decision to delete Instagram off of my main phone, which we can get into next if you want. Um, But the second after I did that, I literally felt freedom. And we can speak more into that in just a second. Um, One of my last core values, not last, but one of my next core values is service. I really believe that we are here to be of service to other people. And I believe that I and others are a part of bringing more light and more life and more love into the world. And I think, again, we fail at it all the time because we're human beings, but I believe, I do believe that that's our purpose. So for me, it's important that every single day I am of service in some way. I do a lot of that through a lot of the content and things that I put out or my mentorship or my coaching or a lot of things in person that I'll never post about, you know, And so I just really seek to always show up and be of service. I think one, it's my purpose. And I think two, it can actually really bring you out of a a life that is self-seeking. And I think right now we are being shown everywhere to live your life for you. We have this message that you're the main character, right? And I actually don't agree with that message at all. I don't think that we're the main character. I think that God put so many incredible people on this earth that if you don't show up and do the job that you're here to do and live out your purpose, somebody else will live out that purpose. Somebody else will complete the job. And I actually think that we're meant to be a unity. We're meant to be this incredible, beautiful orchestra where we have the flute playing, the drums playing, the every single instrument playing all at once, this most beautiful sound in the world. And I think if we show up to life and show up every single day, seeking to be of service and bring the beautiful gifts that are down inside of us out into the world, I think that is where we live in fulfillment. We live in purpose. We live in a confidence that can't be shaken. So I think service is incredibly important. And I think it's part of why we are all here. Amen to all of the above. And it's actually funny because this morning a friend shared a verse, I believe it was from Romans, and I'm going to botch this up a little bit, but in other words, what it said was like, you know, get rid of your debts and, and all of the debts that you have. However, always have the debt of love. And, you know, it was just like, I've never really thought through that. And it's really powerful to think, you always want to have the debt of love. So how can you always show love and be loving to those around you or yourself or whoever or whatever that may be? And it was really powerful. So it's funny you talked about that because it correlated so well and how service, you you become so selfless Mm -hmm. when you serve and Mm -hmm. you forget about all the different things that you may have popping up in your brain that are telling you lies when you're Mm -hmm. serving. And so it's just so beautiful, the three the trio that you have there. Thank you. Thank you. And I actually have a story, a quick story about that, about the service piece. Um, back when the LA riots were happening back in like 2020, uh, it was like really, really right outside my doorstep. Cause I lived in LA and it was really terrifying. And I was sent into this crazy, like anxiety and panic and fear. And I was so not okay. And like the next morning I was like, I was just not okay. And so I got up, I got out of my apartment and I went to where the LA riots were and we helped uh, clean up everything. And so we went inside a bunch of the malls and shops and just helped the store owners, like, you know, sweep up glass and all the stuff that was ruined. We threw it in trash bags and helped. And literally I went from this like anxiety panic attack to 
all of that was completely gone. Like I didn't have to meditate my way out of it. I didn't have to yoga my way out of it. I didn't have to like do any of these things or, you know, it it wasn't about me, you know? And so taking that focus off of me and how I was feeling, which yeah, is justified and real because it was a scary situation. Um, I was able to get out of that completely simply by stepping into service. So to those people that are dealing with those things, I would say go and be of service and take the focus off of you because it might just change your life. 100%. And even if it's just, you know, like serving, maybe you have a family member in your life, serving them through something or a small little thing and slowly but surely like doing something every single day of service mm-hmm. and or going and actually out into the community and serving like you did it it could be anything and mm-hmm. there's power behind that yeah, so even your partner you know yes 100 i find so much more joy when i'm like not thinking about oh what could caleb do for me versus like oh how can i serve caleb today and mm-hmm. how can i be the best that i can be in his life You know, I hear a lot of couples, um, you know, sometimes they'll say like, oh, you know, my partner isn't, you know, happy or satisfied, or they're not like doing things for me anymore and all these things and kind of like, okay, well, what do you do for them? Like, how are you fulfilling their needs? You know, and I think kind of like how we live in this self-seeking society, we can do that in relationships too. And I I think I heard it from my dad maybe once or something, or actually might've read about it, but it it basically the thought was to outserve each other. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. If you were out serving your partner, your partner is going to be so happy and so satisfied. They're going to just naturally want to serve you too. hundred percent. I it's, it's such an important value to live by, you know, I have Mm -hmm. that in your life. I'm with you. So Mm -hmm. Before we end with the rapid fire questions, let's talk about Instagram. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So you removed it from your home screen or from the home screen in your phone, which I happen to do the same thing as well, which was really ironic when we both brought it up and started talking about it. I I, I was literally like, wait, when did you do it? Because maybe you did it a few months ago. Cause I literally did it like last week and yeah, (laughs) last week. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) It's so ironic. So talk to me about what the power behind that is for you? So I deleted Instagram off of my personal phone completely. Um, there's a work phone that's here that I have my assistant go on. And after I create the content, so I'll write the caption and have the videos and photos, she'll post the content for me. Um, and I really wanted to remove myself from Instagram. You know, this is something I've been wanting to do for a very long time, but honestly, as a content creator, I have felt the need to be there. I have felt like I had to, and this is what I was mentioning about the freedom portion. Um, I, I felt like I, I had to, I needed it. Right. But then I had this like click where I was like, no, if this is on my heart to do this, I need to follow it. And I need to know that God is going to lead me where I'm meant to go. Even if I don't have anyone on Instagram when I return or it all crashes and burns, like God will take care of me. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, thanks. I'll strong. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so yeah. So I, I got off Instagram, I deleted it and immediately I felt this freedom because I no longer felt that I was imprisoned to this thing. And I know that's a really dramatic way to describe it, but that's not freedom. If you feel that you have to, or that you need to. Right. So I was able to step into freedom by doing that. Um, I have so many thoughts about this. (sighs) Have you heard about the metaverse? Yes. Okay. So everyone's talking about the metaverse, right? And I could go off on that. That's probably a different podcast for like an hour, but I just had that later. (laughs) Totally. But I had this realization that we're already in the metaverse. 
we're literally already in it in a different manifestation. And the manifestation of it is just in this phone, in this device. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had this moment where I needed to check my house cameras for a certain thing unrelated to all of this. And I was looking through my house cameras and I saw how much my phone, my head was down in my phone. And I was like, not okay about it. And it was already on my mind that I needed to separate wow. from this. But I, I mean, I was really upset when oh. I saw that because I was like, dude, whether I'm texting or an email or this or that, I'm living in the metaverse. I'm living on my phone yes. essentially. And I think that social media, and I think living on your phone, I think that it is destroying and turning off people's creativity. I think that it's um, telling people to duplicate what they see. It's telling people to regurgitate funny dances, funny lip singing videos, funny things that have already been out there. People are just regurgitating it and copying it. And, you know, it really bothers me because I really do believe that each person has something so beautiful and special to offer the world. And I think that our lifestyle habits and traits are turning off that creativity and turning off the gifts and talents that are inside of us. I think there's some people that probably think that they're not creative or talented or gifted. And the truth is they just don't have the lifestyle habits to bring that out of them. And we are constantly being numbed. We are constantly being turned off by the social feed, right? So the scrolling and the social feed, I have to say, you know, I, here's the thing. I, I'm kind of embarrassed to say, but I like became addicted to scrolling and I, it, and I, I realized it, it was an addiction when I didn't want to do it. And I set boundaries to not do it. And I kept finding myself doing it. And I'm somebody who I, I feel like I have pretty strong willpower. Right. Yeah. But I, I kept finding myself being like, why am I doing this again? I know. I know. And so have you, have you watched the social dilemma? Yes. Oh my goodness. So good. Everybody needs incredible. to go listen to it if they haven't. Um, in the show notes for everyone. <laughs> yeah. But they talk in there about how social media, um, it hits your dopamine receptors and it can be the same kind of addiction as like sugar or like an addictive substance. And truthfully, I feel it's traumatic to kind of say this, but I really felt like I was addicted to it. And I was like, I have to separate myself from this fully. You know, I'm over here like wanting to create things and I'm writing a book and I want to read other books and I have all these things I want to do. And this is taking up a lot of my time. So for a period of time, I need to step back from it. And I also am entering the season of growth with God. And I know that sometimes that can be uncomfortable, right? It's like, oh, cool. We're going to grow with God. And sometimes it's like <laughs> everything, you know, is about to change, <laughs> you know? So I don't really know exactly what that's going to look like yet, but I do know that with my disconnection from the unconscious patterns, I can connect more fully and more deeper to my, you know, to God and to my connection there. So I'm excited to have more time back in my life. I'm excited to enter this season of extreme focus and I'm excited um, for deeper connections and friendships because I had a lot of kind of friends that we would just kind of chat back and forth on there sometimes. And I told them, I was like, I made one, you know, highlight post and I was like, Hey, um, I'm taking time off. I, my assistant will be posting, but any friend, you have my number. So text me. So I'm looking forward to some old school texts and calls. Yeah. I'll, I'll shoot you one randomly. Be like, oh, hey, thanks. we're both old school now. So tell me what, what about you? Why did you oh, decide man. to do it? So it's really crazy because as you're speaking, I'm like, I, I'm like, amen to that. Yes. Like I hear you because literally it's been over a month of this conviction of like, you just need to be off. Like you just you need to be off Instagram and scrolling through it and always, you know, filling that void in my life by scrolling. Mm. And so it was just a constant like reminder in me of like, you need to do this. And I was just like, I know I do. 
I, I'm going to set boundaries, like you were saying. And so I'd be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to go on it throughout the day. And then maybe like, I'll take a break and I'll go on it. Mm-hmm. And it eventually just became, well, I'll, let me just quick, quick scroll. And so it was just like, like you were saying this addiction of, okay, filling this void, then breaking the boundaries and going on it. And so it came to a point where I was just like, I really need to take this seriously because A, I 100% agree with you. It's taking away creativity. It's taking away my ability to think and think for myself because, mm. you know, oh, what does this person say about this? Or, you know, look, looking at somebody and how they look and how they're, you know, reaching their goals. And then it's like, okay, th- there's a limiting belief here in my mind now that I can never get to that point. And, mm. and I love, you know, seeing people, you know, achieve what they were hoping to achieve. And at the same time, it's so many people are living in the metaverse, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And I want things to be real. I want things to be mm-hmm. authentic. And I want to be present and not mm-hmm. being distracted with, you know, there's, I could just go on Instagram versus have a real conversation or versus, you know, calling someone or letting someone know how much I care about them and being intentional with that time. And so, yeah, yep, yep. Amen to everything. <laughs> totally. I'm sitting here doing the same to you. And it's funny yeah. you mentioned that about like texting somebody and letting them know what you actually feel and think. So I will say it's been a couple of days now that I've had zero Instagram. Yes. And at first it was super easy the first two days, you know, and now I've kind of found myself a few times, like I actually scrolled. So I had already put the icon three pages over. And so like months ago, and so I found myself scrolling to it and being like, Oh yeah, I don't have it. And I did it like twice. And I'm like, okay. So then I'm just there, my thoughts. And then I, then I thought, and I was like, Oh, you know what? I actually wanted to tell these two girlfriends, you know, how much I appreciate them for X, Y, and Z. Right. So I sent like two different texts And they were so like, you know, it it meant something to them. And I think had I had that numbing thing that I normally used, like scrolling and checking people's feeds and watching people's stories, I honestly probably wouldn't have sent those texts. And that's kind of sad to think about. Seriously. I agree. I agree. And it's like to the point where it's just, yeah, it's just filling that void. And so it's allowing me to, you know, think about other people and mm-hmm. I found myself doing the same thing as well, where I pick up my phone and I start scrolling through and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and, yeah. and I don't have an assistant to like post different content and stuff. So I'm gonna have to figure something out for when I like start releasing these episodes and I post on, you know, the, the page, yeah. but I, I will not like go back on it because I, I said, I'm not going to, and yeah. I was convicted not to. Mm-hmm. And so there's a reason behind that. And I'm just not going to do it. And also, I really think that, you know, the social media and people, you know, getting caught up in it, it's making our society so much weaker in -hmm. certain ways. Like, yeah, maybe there's certain inspirational things or people that motivate you. But overall, like you were saying with, you know, memorizing dances or, you know, different songs and such, it's making us weaker because we're just entranced with that versus how can we bring value to those around us, the people in our Mm -hmm. lives and Mm -hmm. versus that hundred <laughs> percent. And you know, what you said earlier was that you wanted to have your own thoughts, right. And you didn't want anyone else like telling you what to think. And I think we unconsciously, we receive everybody else's thoughts and opinions. So sometimes it's not like, Oh, I'm going to believe what they believe. But if you're seeing the same thing over and over and over again, it's going to get into your head. And so I kind of wanted to also just see what is here. What's in my mind and my heart when oh. nothing else can come through except for what I believe to be divine truth, right? Like when I only have that, 
what kind of content do I create? What kind of podcasts do I put out? What kind of messages do I give? And so I really wanted to just kind of um, create from this like authentic, pure place. And I also kind of just have this feeling similar to you. I don't, I don't really know how long it's going to be, but I kind of have a feeling that when I'm at the end of this, or when I get to a certain point, I'm going to be able to have language to share with other people. um, Something that I think is going to help them step into their power. And I kind of think that's why like I'm going through it and need to go through it now. And I don't think it's an accident that we're doing this at the same time either. I I know. I literally am like, I'm so excited inside because we're on the same page and we can like keep each other accountable and like think about these different thoughts and you know, what, what's going on in our mind now that we're free of that. Yes. I would love that. So good. Emily, this has been incredible. And now we're to the hardest part of the interview, the rapid fire questions. Okay. (laughs) So we're starting off the bat with, so what books are you reading right now? And I know you're a reader. I saw what you're reading. What are you reading right now? (laughs) Well, you just bought me the book, The Gap and the Gain. So I actually started reading that book and I already love it. Oh my goodness. Speaking right to me, you know, it's rapid fire. So, and then Evolve Your Brain by Joe Dispenza. And then there's a new one. It's another brain one. I can't remember the title, but I haven't started it. I just bought it and I'm about to start it. So those are the two then. Amazing. I love that so much. What is your favorite food? That's not fair. I don't discriminate against food. I love food so much. My favorite food is the hot food that is in front of me at that given day and time. Yes. I always tell people pizza. Oh, a good quote. But like also burgers and sweet potato fries. You know what I mean? Sweet potato fries. Oh if you talk to Caleb right now and ask him what's April's favorite food, he'd be like, oh, sweet potato fries. Duh. Do you guys have a hop daddy? No, we don't okay, actually. Hop- if anyone's listening and you have a hop daddy next to you, they have my favorite sweet potato fries. Oh man. And I love to make them homemade too. They're so good. Like in the oven. I haven't perfected the homemade ones yet. I won't lie. Well, I'll, I'll do a tutorial for you. Okay. <laughs> um, what next question is what's your definition of intentional living? This, this could be a loaded question. <laughs> My definition of intentional living to me, it's just choosing how you show up in the world in a way that is aligned with your highest self. It's mm. good period. Mm. What's your favorite travel destination or dream destination? One of my dream destinations is Tulum, Mexico, and also the Maldives. I had to give two. Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> and then the last bit is how can listeners connect with you, Emily? Search my name, Emily Hayden, on Instagram, podcast, YouTube, maybe Google, maybe not, maybe don't Google me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah, you can pretty much find me anywhere, just my full name, Emily Hayden. Um, all the links to everything are in my Instagram bio. So it's probably a good hub to find my website and all other Instagram pages that I have, like Evolve with Emily Podcast and also Evolve X Instagram page. Perfect. And that'll all be in the show notes. Emily, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for coming and taking time out of your day. I know that my listeners are going to love what you have to say. And so thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blessing. And I didn't schedule this um, by accident on Valentine's Day. I wanted to spend the day of love with women and people that I love. So thanks for spending time with me too.